0: Thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today, and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nvplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Today we're going to talk about uh, for the next couple of weeks a series entitled "Do Not Disturb." Do not disturb. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever stood at hotels. Um, matter of fact, I'm, I was at a hotel this past week at a conference and at a meeting, rather. And um, every time I walk into a hotel room, at the other side of the doorknob, there's like a little a door hanger that says, do not disturb. And <clears throat> we usually use the do not disturb sign as a feature to keep people away. Right. I don't know about you, but every time is the day of checkout. I like to stay a little longer, so we call it you know late checkout. And um, I usually put the I put on the door the do not disturb sign, especially the day of checkout, because I don't want nobody messing with me. Because if I could stay in the hotel as long as I can, see, we Hispanic, I'm I'm Hispanic, so I like to maximize it all. So, um, and so I I I I I, sometimes I put I put it out the door on the door because I want to stay there uninterrupted and. And it's my way of maximizing the hotel as much as I possibly can. Sometimes, or other times, especially when I travel and I preach, um, and I'm I'm preaching Friday, then I got Saturday off to preach Sunday. That Saturday, I usually put the do not disturb sign because preaching is tiring. And and sometimes after preaching, we go out to eat in the restaurant and Friday night. And then by the time you get your meal, it's about almost 1 o'clock in the morning. 12.30, 1 o'clock. So when I get to the hotel, I don't want nobody housekeeping. I don't want that stuff. So so what I do is I put the do not disturb sign so that I can get a good rest. And, and, And when I put it, it's my polite way or the polite way of telling the person who is doing housekeeping, leave me alone. I want to be left alone. Imagine if in life we had a do not disturb sign. You're in the middle of your job. Your boss is going to give you more work. Cling. <laughs> you imagine. You're in the middle of a crisis with your spouse, in the middle of an argument. But tell me why. Do not disturb. <laughs> wouldn't, life be, wouldn't life be cool if we could use that feature in life? Huh? Do not. Because it's our way of saying, leave me alone. So our way of saying, I don't want to be bothered. But 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 uh, you know, I, I was telling the Spanish church back back in the days, back in the days when we didn't have an iPhone, we didn't have an iPhone. I'm talking about before before the blue BlackBerry. I'm talking about before Nextel. Y'all know about Nextel. Um, I'm talking about Nokia days. I'm talking about back in the days. Um, we used to have a cell phone, and it only had number buttons. That's it. And then right, you're going to know how old you are when you, when you listen. And then right next to your cell phone, you had a beeper. See, y'all, y'all young folk don't know what a beeper is. Let me tell you what a beeper is. <laughs> we used to have a phone, a beeper, a walkie-talkie. I mean, it, we looked like Batman, like a utility belt. It was just crazy. And if and if I wanted, if, I, if it, the the beeper was the way of getting text messages or an alert that somebody was trying to call you, so so if a person didn't have a cell phone but they needed to communicate with you, they would go to a hand to a home phone and they will dial the beeper number and then they'll put then you would dial your number once you call and then I'll get a beep that lets me know that your number call me. Right? So that's how I used to be. So I would then go back to my beeper, then turn on my phone, and look at the beeper, and look at the phone, and dial whatever. it was just a complex way of communicating. But nowadays, it's all compact. I remember when I used to work secular 20-something years ago, 26, 27, no, 19, 17 years ago, when I used to work secular, the moment I punched out of work, I heard nothing about my job. Friday night, I walk out of work at 4:30 and nobody called me, nobody texted me. I got no information from my job till Monday morning. So my weekends were fun. But somebody decided to invent this little thing here. Back in the days, to fax something, I needed to get a fax machine. To scan something, I needed to get a scanning machine. Right. To email somebody, I needed to have a computer. But nowadays, I'm working 24 hours. I don't know about you, but I work 24 hours a day. Because even in my days off, I get a text message, I get an email, I get a picture, I get a message, I get a phone call, I'm looking at my calendar. I mean, every, I mean, I could literally be, be busy and working 24 hours of the day. And sometimes, this is consuming. It's consuming. Like, I, I took a couple of days, you know, we took a little getaway. And all of a sudden, I got a text from a friend of mine going through a crisis. That that, that crushed me. But I'm here having fun, enjoying my vacation, having a good time. And all of a sudden, while I'm having a blast, bling. Pastor, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm struggling. I'm da-da-da-da-da. And my vacation got somewhat affected. And so today we want to talk about as we start this series on what in fact do not disturb means. Because when I think think of do not disturb or the feature on your phone, my phone has a feature. I just got to scroll up and when I scroll up, my phone gives me the feature do not disturb. Which is that little half moon you see on the right hand side of my phone. And all I need to do is press it and once I press it, one of two things will happen. One of two things. If I press that phone, one of two experiences will happen. Number one, I could either be in isolation or number two, I could be in solitude. Isolation or solitude. I use sometimes the do not disturb sign. As it pertains to isolation, and I'm going to confess, I told my wife a couple of days ago, I said, I need to stop, I need to start controlling the management of my life when it comes to this phone. And if you listen, if you're honest with, with yourself, we spend more time updating ourselves on this little device than anything else. Right. You go to Instagram. Check your posting. All right. Nobody like my pictures. Okay, Forty three seconds later, you t- go back again. And then, OK, nothing on Instagram. Let me go to Facebook. Facebook. OK. Mm. I got four accounts. Let me go to Pastor Gabby, PG, Reverendo Mejia and Apostle Gabby. Right. And, and, and I'm checking all of them. And when I'm done checking that, let me go to my emails. I got a Yahoo account. I got an iCloud account. I got, a, uh, I got a, a, a Newberf account. And I'm checking. And, 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 and I, literally, I found myself consuming my time in this stuff. So I told Petri, my wife, I said, you know what? I need to start managing my life and my time when it comes to this device. Because this could become addictive, y'all. And so I say that to say this that that sometimes, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really big into playing phone games. You know, some of you guys ain't got no memory because y'all got mad games. But but I, 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 in in my phone in my phone I only got two games. I got three games. Let me let me tell you the games I got. Let me turn it on. Okay, I'm gonna go to my game section. Oh here you go. I have chess. I have Snake versus Block. And I have Rise Up. Y'all yeah, don't know about Rise Up. Yeah, see, even my games are spiritual. Rise Up. <laughs> rise Up, right? And Rise Up is literally a balloon that goes up. And there's a, there's, a, there's a circle that I have to avoid things coming into my balloon and popping my balloon. And, and there are different levels to rise up. So, the, the, the farthest level I've gone to has been 12. I can't pass 12 because there's so many. So, so I, you know, uh, I'm getting to a point here. And, and sometimes while I'm playing this, I don't know, I don't know if you ever played a game on your iPhone that you're literally doing good and you're winning, and all of a sudden a phone call comes in. Isn't that of the devil? And you're like, almost there. I almost got it. I, and then the person who calls is the least person you want to talk to. And you just messed up my game. And one time, one time, one time, I was playing, and I was playing, you know, because most of my games I play in the bathroom, but that's another sermon. And, and I was playing, right? And I said, this time I'm gonna put the do not disturb feature because I wanna do what I wanna do, and I wanna win, and I'm gonna stay in this toilet till I make it past 12. So I put the entire world on ice on pause and I isolated myself because I wanted to win. How many times do we put ourselves on isolation from God? Because we want to do what we want to do. Because we don't want to be interrupted by nobody. And we just want to be in a world by ourselves, in our bathrooms, in our secret place, doing whatever we want. And nobody's watching. And we don't want to be interrupted. And I don't care what nobody says. And I can't stand every time I get a phone call. So I'm going to do me, by me, with me, nobody else but me. And so I'm going to isolate myself. Because every time somebody interrupts my privacy, I get angry. Every time somebody confronts me in my isolation, I get upset. Let me tell you, there is a danger in being isolated and being alone. There's a danger. Most of the men and women in the Bible made their worst mistakes in isolation. They hit the do not disturb sign. Bible says that in the years that the kings went to battle, the years that the kings were supposed to be in the front of the masses, David decides to hit do not disturb. And stood in the palace. And there he saw a woman taken aback by the name of Bathsheba. And out of that, he committed lie. He committed murder. He committed adultery. He committed sin. He killed because he hit the do not disturb button and lived in isolation. So, Pastor, what what encourages isolation? What fosters isolation? Let me tell you. I'll give you three things. Isolation is fostered by fear. I'm going to say that again. Isolation is fostered by fear. There's a story in the Bible of a man by the name of the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a man of faith and power. On one occasion, the Bible says that he prayed to God, and fire came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And he destroyed hundreds, nine hundred prophets of Baal. Man of power, man of glory, man of man of I mean, I mean, every time he'd speak, things would happen. But it came to a point in the life of Elijah that right after he did all of these exploits, fear entered his heart. Fear. Enter his heart. And this woman, king, queen threatened the prophet. And the prophet, the Bible says that because of fear, he ran and he hid in a cave. Which, by the way, the day before, the guy, fire was coming down from heaven. He killed 900 prophets. But one moment of threat, one moment of crisis caused this man to isolate himself and be in a cave. And look what God tells Elijah. Chapter 19, verse 9 of 1 Kings, it says, "And There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah put his life on do not disturb. Elijah said, I want to be isolated. I want to be by myself. I'm in a a state of depression. I'm in a state of frustration. I'm in a state of anxiety. And what I want to do right now is be right here by myself. But God asked him, what are you doing in there? Just like the Lord is asking you today in your isolated areas of your life. What are you doing there, Elijah? I didn't call you to hide in the cave. I didn't call you to, to, to live a life in, in, in the shadows. I did not call you to live in obscurity. I did not call you to live below. No, I'm asking you today, not because I don't know what to do. I know where you're there, but I'm asking you so that you can get out of the place you're in. What are you doing here, Elijah? Isolation is fostered by fear. isolation and fear causes people to live outside of God's will. That's why Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, he says, God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. But not only is isolation fostered by fear, number two, isolation is fostered by anger. Have you ever been angry and say, I just want to get with everybody, get out of here. Anger always takes you to be isolated. Most of the people that live an angry life are always people that are lonely and isolated. Because anger is the fuel for isolation. You remember the story? Cain and Abel, right? Cain killed his brother Abel. Why did he kill him? He was angry. And what did Cain do after he killed Abel? He went and he hid. And God said, hey, Papa, hey, where's where's, where's, where's your brother? Am I My brother's keeper. Why are you hiding? Anger will always lead you to isolation. And there's a story in the Bible. I don't know why I'm talking about prophets. But there's a story in the Bible about the prophet Jonah. The prophet Jonah... God gave him a job. And look what the Bible says. Because Jonah himself, Jonah isolated himself from God because he was angry. Joseph hit the do not disturb button on God. Can you imagine that? Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 through 3. Look what it says. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. You heard that? Look at this. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He hit the do not disturb button. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed towards Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found the ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God told Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah hit the do not disturb praying on God because he was angry at God. Now why was he angry at God? Because the Ninevites had hurt Jonah's people. Jonah had an issue with the Ninevites. If there was anybody God, Jonah didn't want God to save, was the Ninevites. He was angry at them. He wanted God. Have have you ever wished for God to kill somebody that you can't stand? Lord, hit it with a truck, please, Lord. uh, Lord, hit it with a fridge. (laughs) You hate somebody, and when you see that person, you're just thinking evil and danger and kill and calamity and hurricanes and and tornado. Lord, hit it with a strike, and Lord, let let, let it crash a car and the airbags don't deploy. Lord, Lord. And God tells Jonah, I want you to go to the people you hate and preach a gospel of salvation and tell them to repent. Because from here to 40 days, judgment is coming. And you know what Jonah did? Jonah got angry at God. Because he didn't want God to forgive the Ninevites. So he went away and he isolated himself. But let me tell you something. God is a master. And taking your isolation and turning them into solitude. Because the Bible says that Jonah... Got away, paid a a fee, got on the boat. And you know what he did in the boat? He went into the deepest part of the boat and went to sleep. He went, he isolated himself in the middle of a ship to disobey God's will because he was angry. And you know what God did? God took him from a place of isolation and put him in a place of solitude. And look what, what verse 17 says. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. So from being isolated, he is now in solitude. Isolation was, I don't want to hear God. La, 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 la. I don't want to hear God. But from, from isolation, God takes him out of the boat, puts him in the belly of a fish. You know what Jonah did from the moment he was in the belly of the fish for the next few days? Praying and talking to God. Repenting before the Lord. And some of us, we're using the do not disturb button to isolate ourselves from God. But I'm here to encourage you today. There's another area that God wants you to live. And that is the do not disturb life from the perspective of solace and solitude. When you isolate from God, you run from God's purpose. When you are in solitude with God, you fulfill God's purpose. It was after Jonah was in solitude with God in the belly of the whale. As soon as he came out of that secret place, he comes and he preaches and the entire city of Nineveh gets saved. So how do I know whether I'm in isolation or solitude? The outcome of your reality. When you're in isolation, are you fulfilling God's purpose? When you are in do not disturb mode, is God being glorified in your life? Is God using your life to take people deeper and grow in your walk with God? And if that's not happening, my friend, you are isolated. You're not in solitude with God. But what's the difference between isolation and solitude? Isolation is being alone. I don't want to be nobody. Solitude is being away. And there's a beauty of being away, but there's also a danger of being alone. Most of the mistakes that we make, we make them alone. Most of the times we grow is when we are away. That's why young people, we get away, go to camp, come back, speaking in tongues full of the Holy Ghost, right? We're getting away. We're going to go to camp. woo When I call your name. But when, you, when you're alone... That's when you make your foolish mistakes. When you get away from your house and from your chores and from your responsibilities and you get away and come to this place and worship together, we grow as a family. We grow in our faith. We get closer to God. When you're alone, that's when adultery kicks in. That's when drinking cognac kicks in and Bacardi and and, 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 and all the things that we do. While we're alone, not disturbed. It's just me, myself, and I. But being in solitude with God doesn't mean you are alone. It means you're separated for an assignment and direction from the Lord. Isolation will paralyze your future. And the Bible gives us examples. Of the power of not being isolated. Look what Proverbs chapter 18 and 1 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. Those that like to live isolated is because you have your own agenda. All right. My wife is working from 9 to 5. I'm going to ask Maria to come over at 12 o'clock. Hey, boo, come here real quick. that everybody's sleeping, let me go to the computer and go to websites I'm not supposed to go to because it's nice and quiet. I'm by myself. I'm going to put the quilt over my head, and nobody's going to watch me, and I'm going to be there and do my thing. Right? I'm going to follow things I shouldn't follow. I'm going to do things I shouldn't do because, because isolation likes. There's something about isolation that brings excitement. feeling of not getting caught is even better than the actual sin. It's the dynamic that happens. And sometimes, and sometimes, isolation lets you know whose will you're fulfilling. That's why the proverb says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment people do the stupidest mistakes when they're by themselves they do away with rationality they do away with what could happen they do away if i do this what's the worst that can happen if my wife catches me my husband catches me if my job catches me what but 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 when we live in isolation it's all about gratifying the desire and there are some of us that we're living a life of chaos because we isolate ourselves and we make decisions by ourselves. And and, and and King Solomon says, whoever isolates himself, seeks his own desire. But look what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians. This is the polarity of this. 12.4, he says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. What is Paul saying? He's saying, we're not supposed to be isolated, even though we're supposed to be in solitude solitude and isolation of different things. This thumb is really far away. Is solitude. Is, 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 is away from my fat foot toe. Right? But they're all connected to the body. So my thumb is going to do what only my thumb could do. My pinky is going to do what only my pinky could do. There are things I can't do with this thumb that I can do with this pinky. If you don't believe me, ask my nose. This is what I'm telling you. And Paul is saying, just because. The pinky can't do what my thumb does. It doesn't mean that that, isol- that that solace or that solitude is a separation. No, he's doing what he's doing. I'm doing. So as a body, you got to do what you're doing. I got to do what I'm doing. Together we got to work collectively. And even though we're not together at the same time 24-7, but the one that connects us together as a body is God. So when you see God in your solid place, by your solitude place, and I see God in my solitary place, God connects us together as a body, as a church. Isolation. I'm talking about isolation. Genesis 3.9. God asks Adam and Eve the question. But the Lord God called man and said to him, where are you? Come on, you think God didn't know where Adam was? He was hiding on the tree number three. He knew exactly where he was at. But why did God ask Adam the question, where are you? Because Adam. God wanted Adam to realize that he's hiding. Because God wanted to realize that he's living life isolated from the purpose of God. So he caused, he paused, he posed the question to cause him to reflect and say, I can't hide from God, but the reason why I'm hiding, the reason why I'm isolated is because I did what I want to do, my desire. And your desire will always lead you to isolation. Your desire will always lead you to anger and fear. Isolation will always lead you to fear. Isolation will always. Be fostered by anger. Isolation will keep you separated from God. But God is telling you today there's another way to get away, and that is called solitude. Now, there's a beauty of being away. There's a beauty in being away. There are things that I do with my wife in solitude. That I can't do in public. My life and my romance with my wife grows better in solitude than it does in public. Because some of your husband and wives, y'all got mad, beautiful pictures on Instagram, and there's no solitude relationship. Wait, hold on, huh? Hold on. You ready, three, two, one, get away. <laughs> this is why being away is important. All of, my church, all of my children were conceived in solitude. I'm sorry, John, John and Gabby, I just messed up your head. <laughs> it wasn't in public. We picked a private place called home. We picked a private room called the bedroom. We put the great poet by the name of, I'll just sing a song. When a man loves a woman. Yeah, I know about that. Yeah, I know. I know it's a Cardi B. That's what you're saying. But when a man loves a woman, that's. And we sang When a Man Loves a Woman till Gabby came out. <laughs> and then we sang To the End of the Road and John John came out. <laughs> and then we sang The Way You Make Me Feel and Jonathan came popping out. <laughs> Solitude. in solitude. Things mature in solitude. You want your relationships to grow. You want your family to grow. Take time alone with your family. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better than one. Now, in solitude, because I said, remember, because solitude doesn't mean you're alone. Solitude means you are with someone away from everyone to reach an objective. And Solomon says two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. One of the benefits of being with other there's a reward. One of the benefits of being away in solace with somebody else there is help. Verse 10 says for if they fall one will lift up the companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. So being in solitude with God, there's reward in that. Being in solitude with God, there is help with God. Being in solitude with God or in solace with God, it brings comfort. Verse 11. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? That's isolation. That's why when I look at Jesus, Jesus, Jesus lived Half of his life in solitude. And let me tell you, the masses followed Jesus everywhere he went. I mean, everywhere he went. He would go to Chick-fil-A, there was a crowd. Everywhere he went, there was masses. But Jesus understood the power of the do not disturb in his life. Look what Matthew chapter 14 verse 23 says. It says, after he had spent, after he had sent the crowds away. Many people like to be around the crowds. But Jesus, he sent them away. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when he was and when it was evening he was there alone. Mark 6:46 After bidding them farewell he left for the mountain to pray. Luke, I'm gonna give you mad examples. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark chapter 1 35. Early in the morning, not only did he go at night, but early in the morning, while it was so dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to pray to a secluded place and was praying there. And Luke 5 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. So, what is Jesus telling us? He's telling us there's a level, there's a relationship I want to have with you, but it cannot be isolation. Stay away, and I'm going to come once a week, and oh, Lord, bless me, heal me, touch me, give me. No, no, no. God wants to take us to a place of solitude that we're always with Him, hearing His voice, and walking in His plan for our lives, church solitude with God so God today is encouraging you as we start the series he's encouraging you to find your place of solitude Video, ruckus, ruckus, people walking, text messages, bing and bing and bling, and come here and here. No, there's got to come a point you got to hit that button and say, I just want to be with God. And when you're with God, you're gonna, your level with God, like in the escalator, you're gonna go to a whole nother level with Jesus. Gotta get away. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and 6. He says, But when you pray, go in your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You got to hit that do not disturb and be in solitude with God. Be at solace with God. You got to hit that do not disturb and disconnect yourself from everybody and pursue the will of God. Psalms 91, David says... He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm going to say it again and I close. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide in the shadow. Somebody say shadow. Say it again. Psalms 23 says... Although I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. See, the devil has a shadow to give us. God has a shadow to give us. But you're walking through one of the shadows. Whether it's the shadow of the valley of death or the shadow of the secret place of the most high God. I want to live my life in solace with God walking in the shadow of of the almighty than living in isolation and walking through the shadow of valley and of death and of sin and of cheating and of messing up. I, 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 I'm going to be on the shadow but I'm going to be in the good shadow and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay in God's presence. Solitude occurs by staying away but never being alone. Solitude will always expose you to God's will for your life. Look what the story, I'll close with the story. The Bible says that Jesus had 12 disciples, he had 12. And of the 12, he said, I want the three of you guys come with me. Matthew, Peter, and John, come with me. And you know what he did with these three guys? He took them to the mountain of the transfiguration. He was alone with them. While the other nine were down in the the valley, Jesus took three of his disciples alone with God. You know what happened as a result? God showed up. Elijah showed up. Moses showed up. And Jesus was presented and glorified for. Those of us who live in solace and solitude with God, We will always have a glimpse of what God wants to do for our lives. Those of us that live isolated from God, we will never see God's provision over our lives. So let us not be like Jonah who isolated. Let us be like the Jonah who was in solitude. Here's what happens when you live a life of solitude. You know what happens? The glory of God comes to pass. Matthew 9, 23 through 26. And I close. Says this. When Jesus entered the synagogue, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. Now that's crazy. Somebody died in this story. And people are playing pipes. You know why people are playing pipes? because when somebody would die in the times of the bible you would pay somebody to sing and dance and cry for you so if nobody liked you and you was hated by everybody you pay people and people go to your, your somebody loved funeral and they will cry for you so you could feel better so there was a bunch of people there that were there not because they were really mourning the death of the of the girl that died so when Jesus entered the house, he saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, and he said, go away. And then he says, this girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Look what Jesus does. After the crowd had been put aside, outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. And that's what God wants to do with us today. He says, hit the button and go, and go at solace with me. And just like your iPhone has the capacity of the do not disturb, today the Lord is saying, when you use that feature, are you going to isolate yourself or are you going to be at a place of solitude with me? Because the world may not be able to decipher the difference, but God who searches the heart, he knows exactly where you're at. So my question to you as I close is, which of the two will you apply in your life? Isolation, which leads to anger, fear, or solitude, which leads to God's glory, God's purpose, and God's plan for your life. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.